good morning, everyone. Um, before you get started, or before we get started with the, the official program of the meeting, just a couple of notes. Um, one is uh, give you a preview of what uh, the tour is going to happen. Um, this is based on the most recent information. There's a couple of places that it's maybe a question. We don't know quite where we're going, or they're not final yet. But uh, so I'll be traveling with this group of 23 pastors and uh, our seminar, our, our vicar, um, on this tour uh, to Germany. It's a two-week tour performing concerts and uh, both concert concerts and then uh, worship services around Germany. So uh, next uh, Sunday night, we perform our first concert at St. John's in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, and that's kind of our preview concert for the, for the trip. That next day, Monday morning, we fly out for Germany. Um, we're taking two flights uh, from Chicago O'Hare to Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia, the overnighter, uh, landing in uh, Frankfurt, Germany, something like 7.30 in the morning on Tuesday. Or the first plane, 7.30, the second plane's at 8 or something. So, And I'm not sure what flight I'm on, I just know I'm on a flight. So, um, From there, we get on a bus and we go to the small town of Oberusel. We have a seminary there that is we're in fellowship with. So that is the Selk Church, the Independent Evangelical Lutheran Church of Germany. And uh, we'll be staying there for two nights. Uh, the choir will be rehearsing. And then our first concert in Germany is going to be at the church of St. Saint, Saint John's. Uh, I, I, apologies to my high school German teacher. It's been too many years since I studied German, but St. Johannes Gemeinde, so that's the parish of St. John's. Uh, the next day, we do some touring through Fulda, Gottingen, and Einbeck. And Einbeck's another town where we stay for two nights. That's the home of uh, KWS, which is the, um, it's a multinational corporation, does um, agricultural products, seed, and Whereas Craig Anderson um, is the COO, is that right? Of COO of the uh, uh, the American affiliate, which is uh, AgriLiant. And so while we're there, we're going to have a concert at the uh, Munsterkirche St. Alexandri. So I believe that is the Church of St. Alexander, and I think that's the Alexander of Rome. I believe that's who that saint is. So the next day, we travel to Eisenach to see the Wartburg, the castle, and then off to Beringen. We stay a night in this beautiful Schloss Hotel. Um, the Heritage Tour from three years ago, we stayed at this Schloss Hotel, and it was wonderful. Um, from there, we go to Erfurt. We have another concert, or we, have a, 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 we attend a church service while the choir will sing in, in Erfurt. Um, from there, we go back to Beringen. Then we go to Eisleben in Holland. Eisleben is the town where Luther was both, both born and died. Um, we will have a concert in Halle. And then from there, we travel to the little town of Bad Duben. And for those of you who remember your German, Bad doesn't mean bad. It means, actually means good, healthful. It's, a, it's probably the site of a, a natural hot springs. So I don't know if we get to do the hot spring or anything, but we will. Uh, hey, Monty. Where's Monty? If you could advance your laptop to the next slide, to the next page. Um, so from Bad Dubin, oh, too many. Go back one. Page two. There, we go to Wittenberg. So the highlight, of course, is we're going to be singing a Vespers service at the Schlosskirche, the castle church in Wittenberg. This is the, uh, the, the, the great cathedral church, if you will, in Wittenberg, where Luther is buried. 
when we were there three years ago, the building was covered entirely in scaffolding inside and out. So as a photographer, I have no idea what this space looks like. Um, so it'll be exciting. Um, then we travel to Gruna, which is a small uh, suburb, if you will, of Dresden. We have a, a, a morning prayer service there. From Gruna, we travel to Leipzig. So that's the home of Bach and the Bach Museum. Uh, we'll return back to Dresden. And then that next morning, we have a matin service. And here's one of these, these lovely compound German words. Drei Eingesicht Gemeinde. So that's the Trinity Church um, in Dresden. From there, we travel to Prague and we will be having a Vesper service at an LCMS congregation in Prague, um, St. Michael the Archangel. Um, we'll do some sightseeing in Prague, and then from there we travel to Regensburg, and finally to Munich. We spend a night in Munich, and then the next morning we fly back out to Chicago. Well, most of us fly back to Chicago. I have some other connecting trips to get with my family who will be down on the panhandle of Florida. So. Um, but that's our two-week tour, so now, Monty, so if you would like to follow along, um, there'll be probably three ways you can do it, or at least I'll have three ways you can do it. If you're on Facebook, um, you can go to, and we'll, we'll have this, I'll give this to uh, uh, Juanita in the office so she can maybe email it out to everybody. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. I'm told by my son that the kids all do Instagram, so we will be doing Instagram as well. And then Twitter, so if you're a Twitter person, we'll, we'll do Twitter as well. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to do anything live, um, given the six-hour time difference, internet connectivity issues. Um, we may not be able to do any live streaming, but we will be posting lots of photos and maybe some video clips as we go. And then when we get home, we'll work on some kind of a presentation that we can do for, for you and for the other congregations um, who are going. So. Um, with that, I guess we can go, yeah, we will call the meeting to order. Pastor? I think this should work, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought what I would do is I would just take a, a moment to look at the uh, Acts of the Apostles, um, a, the section that followed uh, in that, uh, that whole beautiful text on Pentecost. It, it reads from the 42nd verse, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship. The word is uh, koinonia. I think that there it, it can represent anything from the, the Lord's Supper to just this general idea that there was a commonality of possessions, a commonality of interest, uh, distribution, to the poor, and so on. Um, to uh, the breaking of bread, some regard that as anything from that they ate together, and it could also mean that they were celebrating the Lord's Supper together, and to prayer, indicating that they were worshiping with one another. But I think it's this text here that is so powerful. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracle, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Um, you know, we talk about stewardship um, in our congregation. Uh, it's a, the premise of stewardship is that everything that we have belongs to God, and that therefore everything that we have belongs to each other. Um, when you 
think about, uh, therefore, that stewardship is not a matter of us um, taking what's ours and giving it to God, but it is turning back what God has given us and sharing with one another in our needs. So in other words, if a person has a need, they have a compulsion, they have a right to be able to also reach out to us and receive from us uh, what has been given. And so um, there's, a, there's a different spirit that now lives inside of the Christian church. And I, I, I think that's, that changes the way that we think about ourselves. They said, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Many of these people had traveled great distances. Also, the cost, we call it the cost of living in Jerusalem, was significantly higher. And for people to stay there and to study and to learn actually required resources. And so people literally would go out and they would, they would sell a piece of property so that the whole group could continue to remain there in Jerusalem. So you can just kind of see what's the most important thing here. The most important thing is the gospel. The most important thing is worship. The most important thing is the needs of the body of Christ. And then every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And we have to bear in mind that we exist for the purpose of bringing the gospel, bringing a knowledge of Christ to the world in which we live. One of those ways is to speak about what our Lord has done for them. But another way is by the joy that we have among ourselves if you've ever been in a situation where you've walked into a room or been with a group of people who are really happy, uh, I remember that time that the Colts won the Super Bowl. Um, I was at somebody's house, and I got so excited that I jumped way up in the air with my hands like this. The only problem was is that they had a ceiling fan. <laughs> and I wanted to know what that strange feeling was in my arms that were also being cut off. Um, if you've been in a room of great joy, you want to be there, and that's what this is now. We are in a voters' meeting, and we are going to celebrate our voters' meeting with great joy. And would that our whole congregation was here, and they will be, by the way that we increase the joy that we have as a congregation. So let's be, uh, begin with a word of prayer. Lord, on this day of Pentecost, help us to remember our purpose as a church. We are here to advance the gospel, to use the gifts that you have given us in service to one another, but the gifts that you have given unto us, that we might turn around and out of joy also give back to you. Help us also to be a people of joy, that those who come to us and those who enter our presence may see that the joy and the happiness and the love of Christ is something that makes our whole lives so much different. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Um, so uh, we'll have... You should have copies of the minutes from last year's, last June's 
uh, voters assembly as well as the special meeting we had in January. So we'll do two separate motions to approve the minutes. So um, we'll give you a brief time to review and then I will seek a motion to um, accept the minutes from last June's voters meeting. Is there a motion to approve the minutes from last June's voters assembly? A motion is made by Mike Dice. Do we have a second? Uh, Larry Irving, second. Okay. All in favor say aye. Any opposed? Thank you. So we'll do the same for the special voters meeting we had last February. Uh, do we have a motion to approve those minutes? Chuck Long made a motion to approve. Do we have a second? Diane Colson seconded. All in favor say aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Um, Pastor, do you want to give a brief oral report? Notice the way they said brief. Um, yeah, and I and not to not to uh, belabor this, uh, just a couple of things to really point out. Um, our membership totals uh, last year we were at 640. I believe that uh, we are now somewhere around 670, and that's with uh, transfers. Um, Vicar Grady is now soon to become our pastor. Grady, where is he situated? Is he here? There he is, hiding in the back. I'm going to leave uh, some of the discussions about Advent's future to our long-range planning committee and their report. Um, international missions, uh, just uh, we, are, um, we are continuing to support uh, David Price in the Dominican Republic. Uh, they are making great progress down there. It takes a long time in order to be able to get all set up. But if anybody has a chance to be able to go to the Dominican Republic, we would like to know so that we might have somebody who would go down there and visit. Um, at this uh, time, uh, as some of you have perhaps heard, that um, there are some issues in our synod. It used to be that we would have deep theological controversies in our church, and now we're facing some uh, attrition issues, uh, also some financial issues. Uh, the synod is becoming increasingly, there's a, a, a decrease in the amount of income uh, to our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Almost all of the missionaries that we have are going out at expenses or at, with, with funds that they have personally raised and are responsible for continuing to raise while they're out in the mission field. Um, it's, a, it's a little, dis, it's very disconcerting, but a lot of it is just simply demographics. Um, a number of our congregations, uh, especially in the rural areas, about 80% of the Missouri Synod was located in rural areas, congregations. And um, those congregations are suffering attrition from uh, aging of the population, drop in birth rate, movement, movement of people from uh, the, the cities or the uh, rural areas into the cities. And then, of course, um, there's a huge impact that American culture has today upon word and sacrament ministries. And those are congregations in, that are trying to remain as word and sacrament ministries and by that, uh, all that goes along with it, you know, how the sacredness of the sacrament and those things, all of that is being, um, I guess you might say, diminished in the face of our, of our modern day McDonald's culture. 
And, um, and so uh, what we are seeing is that probably we, we, over the next um, 20 years or so, we'll probably see close to, well, maybe as many as half of the Missouri Synod congregations closing. Um, and that, that, that's, a, that's a challenge for all of us. Um, it's a challenge for us to remember that uh, we are living. And, you know, when I sent out my newsletter to the congregation, I think uh, half the people said, I, I kind of agree with that. It's a ma matter of concern. And some of the people said, I wonder what's wrong with pastor. Um, is there something wrong with a guy when he starts saying ding, 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 ringing the bell and saying we've got some problems in this culture of ours today that uh, our Lord and, and this faith is not the number one type priority in people's lives. We used to say that about the secular culture, but that secular culture has ha had a significant impact upon the lives of our people. And one of the, one of the ways that we measure that is mul the multi-generational effect. Are our children staying and retaining the faith that we have received? And if we are not seeing it happening in our children, then what's wrong? Is it that the world has had more influence? Is it that we didn't do a good enough job of training them in this, in this faith? What's, what's the reason? And again, um, it's, it's probably extremely multifaceted, but it is a concern and it should motivate us to say, let's back up and let's recognize what it is that we need to do as a congregation. Um, just uh, some notes here, those of you that will be elected to boards and committees, um, probably what we will do is we will no longer have an all board night, mainly because we think it's probably going to be important that a pastor or two attend and be with you uh, and your boards. So we're gonna spend a little bit more time on a one-on-one -on -one basis with the boards. Uh, Chris Golson has done a fantastic job of introducing you to the Reformation 500 Choir Tour. And um, uh, I will be leaving on Friday uh, to, um, I, I have organized uh, three tours and all of them are going to intersect with each other. And I will be on a heritage tour that will actually be members of my own family, but we are going to be intersecting with the choir and I will be joining the choir as it goes from uh, Wittenberg down to Prague and then to Munich. Um, we like to uh, say hi and almost goodbye to our vicar, Debner, and his wife, Emily. Uh, here he is back here as well. We want to thank you, Vicar Debner, for the time and for the year that we've been able to spend with you. And we want to thank, is Emily here too? She's, she's uh, hiding. Uh, we want to, could you please pass our, our, our words on to her also of, of our thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, um, I think outside of that, um, if there, unless there are any particular questions, I'll hand it back to you, sir. Okay, next, we'll have our financial secretary's report. So, Mike Dice. Thank you, Chris, and good morning, everyone. Uh, Financial Secretary's report is on the back table here, and it looks uh, something like this. Uh, the uh, Financial Secretary de 
term or documents, the weekly offering record, and uh, provides members their uh, offering statements based upon that record. Member statements covering January 1st through June 30th are typically issued around mid-July, and uh, please bring any errors in member statements to the attention of the church office. Uh, the uh, spreadsheet here, there's uh, uh, this uh, spreadsheet here uh, shows the uh, full fiscal year of 2016 uh, and uh, the first 11 months of fiscal year 2017. And uh, fiscal year to date total for our offerings is 829,380 and the fiscal year to date average weekly attendance is 344. Uh, on the back of that is a landscape mode, is a uh, summary spreadsheet. And this shows basically the differences between fiscal year 2016 and uh, 2017. And if you compare with these differences, fiscal year to date total for a budget is up by uh, 42,023. And fiscal year to date total fall offerings is down by 109,309 and the fiscal year to date attendance is up by uh, 202. Uh, for the uh, pilgrimage to freedom, uh, this is the current totals from fiscal year 2015 through fiscal year 2017. Uh, $428,800 has been pledged by our members for giving in the time span from 11-1-2014 through 12-31-2017. Uh, currently, we are 78% through that pledge period in terms of time. But 90% of pledges have been received, so that's great. Uh, this is due to the fact that a number of members have fulfilled their pledges in advance, and others have given substantially in excess of their pledge. And uh, there are also others that have uh, contributed to the building fund that were unpledged. Uh, as a result, uh, PTF building totals to date from all sources pledged and unpledged uh, is currently at $475,077. And uh, the uh, graphs at the bottom of this page here, this basically is a graphical representation of the spreadsheet. So, do you have any questions? All right, well, thank you very much. Our uh, treasurer is traveling on business to California, so uh, Chuck Long is going to step in and give his report. Thanks, Chuck. So I hope all of you can read that on the board. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to give you some highlights here, and I think that'll be probably a little more useful at this point. But you uh, all can get a copy of this, and it really is the budget in a nutshell and all the individual items and everything, so it's all here. Uh, first of all, the proposed budget is uh, for this upcoming year is only $17,000 higher than last year. So that comes out to be just over 2%, which is probably maybe even a little less than inflation. Uh, so we're you know, quite modest, I think, the uh, increases here. Uh, it does include uh, uh, a number of things. Uh, 
yeah, Reformation 500, there's $10,000 baked into that to celebrate uh, the Reformation here. And that's a one-time kind of thing for this upcoming year that won't be reoccurring. Uh, total income is on pace at around 950000 Hopefully that's consistent with what Mike just presented. Uh, uh, it's an increase of uh, over uh, 5% from last year. So that is really a blessing. And uh, thanks to all of you for your generous contributions uh, so that we can uh, kind of, we can further the gospel here. Uh, our, our expenses were around 911000 So we did have a surplus there, uh, which is always good to be in the black rather than the red, you know. Uh, I think we had uh, this last year uh, some unusual, I guess, capital expenses that amounted to about $100,000. There were a lot of uh, repairs on the church, uh, some improvements to the lighting. The, the lighting, we had problems in the worship area, and uh, Mark and, and the trustees did a great job of keeping on top of that. And uh, with all of these expenditures, they went out for multiple bids and everything to try to get us a fair price for the work. Uh, so we appreciate that, that, that hard work on that. Uh, I think another uh, uh, good news story here is all the donations that were made to pay down the, the, the mortgage of the church here. And it looks like by all estimations here, will be down to less than a million, uh, a million dollars uh, on our mortgage debt. And that's down from just a few years ago, I believe about 1.6 million. So we're working that down uh, pretty quickly. And, and so now that kind of pays a double dividend there because now uh, with the interest payments being less every month, then more is paid uh, on principal. So now we're paying down the mortgage more quickly with just the money that we send in every month, plus the additional pay downs of anything that you contribute. So uh, I think that's very good news. And I'm not sure exactly um, what that, what'll happen then is we'll have the mortgage paid off sooner and I can't give you an exact date on that, but it's, uh, it's coming together pretty good there. Uh, uh, just one final note here, uh, uh, the total bank account balances as of the end of April are around $550,000. And uh, that may seem like a lot of money, but that's probably where we ought to be just to deal with the uh, ups and downs on a month-to-month -month basis and everything. So I think this is a very good news story, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to present this kind of news. Uh, uh, Dan uh, apologizes that he couldn't be here today. So uh, are there any specific questions? I'll, I'll try to field those. Uh, and if not, we'd take a motion from the floor here to approve the uh, proposed budget for next year. Okay. You want to hold that off? Oh, okay. All right. I jumped. I, I got ahead of myself. Sorry. 
Okay, if no other questions, uh, I'm done with that report then. Thank you. Uh, we'll um, withhold uh, board reports, um, and we'll have, I'll ask the boards uh, to prepare written reports, um, kind, of, kind of a year-end summary, um, and maybe looking ahead to next year and have those uh, published in the upcoming summer newsletters. Um, so rather than you know, going through, extending the length of the voters meeting by having every board report, um, everything has been doing, as Chuck said, I mean, the trustees have been doing um, a lot of work um, in, in, in the building improvements area and maintenance, but we'll have them do written reports. The only school, so if Kathy and, and Deb, if you'd like to give a report of the preschool, an update, Okay. Sure, sure. So if you got our handout on the preschool, Deb actually did all the work. Um, I'm just here to present, and uh, we do. The, we have a great board, and we did review a lot. But what I, one thing I wanted to mention: if you look, we are um, at a deficit for our budget, but we only put a budget together at 80% enrollment, and this year we had like 90 plus percent. So we actually had a surplus. So we have money to cover if we don't get our numbers up. But we add students over the summer as well, so we feel very confident that we're going to be fine. But one of the things I want to mention is Marsh. You know, we sell those script cards from Marsh, and last year we got about $600. And if Marsh goes away, we'd like to replace that. So that's what this little green sheet is. This is Kroger. And if you register your Kroger card online, uh, the number for Advent preschool is up here, and we'll get 3% back. And Deb says in her report, we got $500 last year for just 10 families that are registered. So if we could double that, that would replace our Marsh deficit um, if Marsh does go away. Um, so anyway, that's important to us, and we appreciate if people would do that. Any questions? Okay, thanks. Thank you. The next order of business uh, on the new business is adoption of the uh, preschool budget. So I don't know if you want to stay up here to present your budget or school budget. You're the first. <laughs> so you should have all. You should have copies of the preschool budget there. Um, Deb or okay, she doesn't want to come back up. So we'll accept a motion to approve the preschool budget as prepared by the preschool board. Do I have a motion? Oh, Linda Carter, motion, do I have a second? Oh, Jim, Jim Cronick in the back. All right, we have a motion and a second. All in favor say aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Um, church budget. Now, Chuck, now you can, we can present the church budget, which you don't have to come back up here. So you, sh you have a copy of the, uh, the church budget uh, before you. Um, so again, we'll take a motion to accept the budget as presented. You're also shy. 
Do we have, do we have a second? Oh, Larry Irving is second. Joanne Warwell was the, made the motion. All in favor say aye. aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Okay, we're moving right along. Our third item of business is the election of officers and board members. Um, on behalf of those who are stepping off, myself included, it's been a privilege to serve the last four years. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be asked to serve and, and, and to be involved, um, and I'm not going away, of course. Um, you know, and, and Phil, I'll be happy to join the baritones and basses again. Um, <laughs> um, so before you, you have a slate. Now, this shows the, the, the members who are being uh, elected for a first term, and if they have an asterisk by their name, they're being elected to their second term. It doesn't show the full composition of the boards. So this is only the folks that are being elected. Um, so, is there a motion to accept the slate as presented? Oh. Not on the copy I have. Hmm. No, I am not the chairman. No, I'm, 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 I'm done. So, if, if any, there should be Chuck Long, should be his name under chairman. Okay, so Monty's the odd. He, he <laughs> do, do we have a motion to accept the slate? Pastor, if, if there are any nominations from the floor, now the caveat is you, ha you can nominate yourself or you can nominate someone who's in the room. You cannot nominate someone who's not in the room. So if you'd like to volunteer for one of our boards, um, I know missions could use some additional folks. Um, evangelism probably could always use some more folks. Fellowship could always use more free hands. Now, you could also just volunteer if you come and help at some of these, you know, on the fellowship events. But if there's anyone who'd like to have their name put forward, Speak up. <laughs> You're all so shy. It's just, yeah. Okay. So, once again, we seek a, nom we seek a um, motion. Oh. <gasps> you, you were raising your hand. Okay, do you have a motion to accept the slate of nominees? <laughs> okay. Brittany, did you catch... Okay, we have a second? Oh, Deb, Deb Grady seconded. We'll get her. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you. And now I'll turn it over to Monty, who will talk about the uh, Long Range Planning Committee and what we've been doing for the past mm, six years, six months. All right, good morning. Good to be here. Um, so the long-range planning, um, start off by, you know, introducing who is involved here. So we had uh, Craig, Chris, Eric Hubert, uh, Matt, Marcy, Diane, Pastor was involved, Vicar Debner. And then I had the uh, honor of facilitating this, uh, this group. They have very uh, powerful insights. We had a lot of heated dis discussions, and heated being not bad, you know, some very open uh, dialogue in terms of where we wanted to go. And so it, it was a, a great group and discussion. And uh, like I said, I had the honor to fa facilitate this group. What we used, you know, to start thinking about long-range planning is a strategy triangle, okay? So we started off with the mission, and I'll talk a little bit about what the mission of the church is. 
So the mission of Advent, it's in our Constitution, you know, so it's constitutional and it's biblically based, you know, so we didn't touch that. We said, this is the mission of this church. But then we started saying, okay, what is the vision, you know, the here and now vision? So that, that can change depending on, you know, the culture, you know, pastors talked a lot about, you know, uh, a war going on, you know, that cultural war with the church and how are we going to address that? And then we talk about the strategic elements and then getting specific in terms of what specific tactics, project, and task. So this gets down to both thinking long range, but then also short term. What can we do in the short term to enable the vision and mission of the church? Okay, so that's, that's where we, we were going. So the committee activities, you know, we studied both our own uh, mission statements and then also the mission of the synod you know, and how we can align with where the synod is going. Pastor alluded to some of the factors that are facing the synod, you know, and facing the same things that we are as a, as a church body. Uh, generated a, a SWAT, a strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats associated with what we're facing here at the church. We re reviewed a qualitative input. So if you remember back, it was uh, in March, I believe, that we sent a survey out, and I think a lot of you participated in that. We asked, what did you like about the congregation and what can we do better? Okay, so you, you filled that out. We looked at that and, and uh, discussed a lot, a lot about that. Uh, we discussed the history of Advent. So, you know, long-range planning isn't new. There's been some other initiatives. Some of those initiatives got started, abandoned, and we talked about, okay, why, why was that? What were some of those uh, an, uh, uh, initiatives and why they got uh, abandoned? With the committee that we had, we said our vision, you know, our particular vision is growing in the body of Christ. Growing implies activity and efforts towards a defined goal. You know, not standing still, trying new tactics to meet these goals. You know, the focus of growing people in the body of Christ. So that was kind of our stated vision of what we want to do. And then, you know, in terms of goals, you know, we had some short-term goals, you know, growing membership and engagement of members. So growing and then strengthening our, our current base. And then the long-term areas to investigate, land utilization and expansion of school offerings. So Advent's mission statement, I'm not gonna go through all this in detail, but just kind of highlight some of the key topical areas. You know, faith in the triune God. Okay. Works of righteousness done out of love for God and his grace. The spiritual fellowship of church and word and sacrament, justification by faith, and a right understanding and exercise of Christian liberty. So again, this stands as the foundation and the mission statement of the church, and there's some details behind each of those statements. Okay? Now, the congregational survey, you know, we sent that out and, and we got a uh, 83 respondents and a lot of detailed information. And we categorized this and affinitized things. And, you know, I prepared this poster here. And this was in the library annex, you know, where you look at. So if you responded to that, your response is somewhere on here. And it's affinitized in certain areas. So again, that would be in the library annex if you want to see what other people re re responded with. But you can see some of the, the key things in terms of what we do well. You know, a lot of people like the tr tr traditional liturgical worship, the church fellowship, education programs, et cetera. But what we can do better, be better welcoming, be better at fellowship, evangelism, 
the preschool missions and facilities. Not that we're necessarily doing bad, but what we could do better in terms of growing. You know, youth topics, programs, Bible studies, parenting, and then a lot of miscellaneous topics. So those survey responses are, are there and helped us think about what we want to do. So three broad topics that the Long Range Planning Committee put together. To enable long-range success, we must strengthen and grow the base. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then Craig Anderson's going to talk about land utilization, and then Marcy's going to talk about expansion of school offerings, you know, in terms of what we want to do. So in terms of strengthening and growing the base, these become a lot of board-type activities, thinking short-term. Okay? So, you know, a particular goal, grow active membership by uh, 200 by 2022. You know, that's a very specific goal. You know, first, or the, the service here this morning, full, you know. So, a lot of feedback we've had at the elders is, why don't we just have one service? And I say, let's challenge ourselves and start thinking about, we need three services, <laughs> you know. We, we can't fit everybody into two services. So, instead of thinking that way, ah, this is great, having one service feels good and powerful, having all those people in there. We should be thinking about how do we start expanding to the point where we're going to need another service, you know. So that's, that's what we want to do. Now, how do we do that? So this gets in terms of that strategy triangle, you know, the strategic elements. We want to retain members. We want to attract Lutherans. We want an active witness to either the non-Christian or the inactive Christian. And it gets down to specific things. And for time, I'm not going to go through each one of those, but, you know, so it gets down to a particular task. And then so particular committees can take the recommendation of the long-range planning committee here and say, which of these do we want to implement within our boards and think about doing? You know, so active witness. So the uh, LCMS, you know, facing the issues here, have put together a program, you know, sponsor a everyone has witnessed e e evangelism workshop where we feel more empowered to go out, reach our neighbors, and how to witness to people out there in, 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 in the world. Uh, same thing with uh, membership, you know, intentionally reach inactive members, you know, so you look out there in the, the pew boxes, the mailboxes, there's a lot of people that are not coming. How do we reach out to them? Not just pastor, not just elders, but some of those people you know. How can you be empowered to reach out to, to them? Evangelism stewardship, and then grow our volunteer base to create accountability and engagement. You know, the trustees, you know, to support some of these activities, you know, Becoming more welcoming, you know, modernize the facilities appropriate, you know, update some of the aging elements. They've done an excellent job, as you see, you know, the lighting, you know, some of the painting that's gone on, the bricks, et cetera. The trustees have done an excellent job. So how can we capitalize upon that and do even more? Evangelism support, you know, a lot of new people come in. They don't know what's going on. Where do I go if I have kids here with me? Where do I go to take them to Sunday school? You know, so being more welcoming and actually intentional in terms of how to welcome people. And then the land utilization and school expansion investigation, the trustees would be heavily involved in that sort of in investigation and how to support those, those activities. Missions board, you know, local missions. So we have some excellent international missions going on. But then also, how can we be more participatory in local missions? You know, getting people involved with that. But then with the ultimate goal of connecting them to the body of Christ. So continuing the, the global mission support. And then youth. You know, and there are a lot, a lot of responses in terms of youth. You know, the school expansion proposal is uh, a part of that. 
but then also a post-catechism goal, and then invest in youth-focused staff and facilities, and these are some long-term type goals. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Craig to talk about land utilization. All right, great. <clears throat> so when, when we started the project in the first couple of meetings I went to, I wasn't sure exactly what we were doing as a long-range planning group because we were talking a lot about kind of the current state of the, the congregation and just really, uh, you know, what did we see as the current state? And, uh, and it took a while, a couple of meetings, to where we really started getting into the idea that, that if we could grow uh, the body of Christ at Advent, so membership, active membership, participation, engagement, um, you know, th those things are needed here. And, and I think as we start getting around that, then you see the benefit of uh, the status quo with the rest of uh, the elements of Advent uh, won't work either. We can't just remain in, in a constant state. We're going to have to, uh, you know, adopt and embrace change if we're going to be successful in growing the body of Christ here. And so one of the things, you know, I've looked at the land uh, utilization a couple of different times. I joined the, the church in 2008, um, and when I, when I joined, there was a couple of initiatives that were ongoing and then some after that. And what, what struck me is we've been about a decade of the land that we actually own has, has really offered one opportunity, and that's volunteerism around mowing. <laughs> and, and when you think about it, that's probably not the best utilization than of the land. And so as, as the group got a little bit deeper into the project and started saying, you know, where do we go with that, um, a couple things came, came a little bit more clear. And I think the way I kind of summarized those were really, we need to, to let the land kind of benefit the congregation. And so how do you do something with the land that will actually benefit the congregation? And, and then if you put that back on, on really thinking about, you know, growing the active membership, uh, it, it's going to tie beautifully into the idea of can there be symmetry be, between what you do with the land and then what we think we should do with the school. And, and so there, there was one idea that kind of came to the forefront of that. And, and what, where we're at with it now is really just wanting to take it to the next level of much deeper discussion and, and exploration and investigation of how would that work. Uh, but we did uh, uh, look at many ideas. And, and I think as a group, the one that could generate income, but as a one-time and then probably uh, really take away the, the, the beautiful impact of having that space would be to sell it. And so that really isn't, uh, in our opinion, a, an option. And so uh, there are some other things that would be short to midterm agriculture use. Uh, you know, there was an idea even of could you, if we're not going to do anything for the next four or five years, could you put in... Uh, planted trees so that you could, nursery trees, so that you could make some income off of those in five years as, as you know, they sell them for nursery. Um, just other, even almost crazy ideas like, uh, you know, small plot agriculture opportunities that could generate some revenue. Uh, but those were all kind of the midterm ideas. And as we kept developing it, you know, we really thought about the idea um, that we, we should look at what you could do there. And this isn't a brand new thought. It's been, it's been on the table kind of one other time when I've been here. Um, but I, I think we want to go a lot deeper into looking at that. If we, if we were able to kind of come up with a concept of some type of senior living, um, we really think that there would be a symbiotic benefit for, for a school development 
and uh, a community development uh, where you could have volunteerism and also uh, just the idea of, of kind of that multi-generational community all here at, at Advent. And so this is just a rendering to show you uh, what could the property look like if you did something like that. And, uh, and as we get uh, going further, that's really what we want to do now is put a subcommittee together uh, to start looking at, you know, what would be the ideal uh, purpose, and then how would you structure that, and then how would you affiliate it with a congregation. And, uh, and over the next 12, hopefully 12 months, but 12, 15 months, be able to come back to the congregation with some, some you know, definitive plans that could then be evaluated and looked at. And so, so that's kind of where we, we, we came with the long-range planning. We do think that there is a way to utilize the property for the benefit of the congregation and the support of really the idea of, of growing the membership. So I think with that, uh, that was the end of it. Uh, again, we would take questions, I think, at the end. Uh, but, but otherwise, what we're really looking to do is, is just make sure there's general support in the congregation, that that's a worthwhile cause to spend another uh, 12 months in deep investigation and really come, come with concrete plans of what would that look like financially, what would that look like as an impact on, on the long-range plan for the congregation, and, uh, and really be able to present an idea that, that uh, could then get broad support. And then I'll turn it over to Marcy. Well, good morning. Um, I think Craig uh, summed it up well as far as the symmetry between um, the land use for the property further out um, and potentially how that could work with the school expansion. So I'll talk a little bit about the school expansion. The concept here is to explore full day options, extending um, full day options perhaps for working parents, maybe before care, after care, um, and as well as um, elementary options. How do we expand into a lower elementary um, type of a, a grade situation? Many of you recall the, the Genesis study that was uh, done back in 2008, so nearly a decade ago, where there was market research done as well as a congregational survey. There was a lot of good findings and information in that. We want to utilize that, bring it, bring it forward again, um, but update it with current needs and information um, since it is almost 10 years old. At the time uh, that this second phase was added on, the fellowship hall here as well as the basement, at that time there were um, additional plans drawn up, just further thinking ahead, to utilize this area, this immediate area out here to the west and expanding a little bit south for an additional school expansion. So this is, again, not a, a new idea. It's something that we've uh, thought about in the past. Uh, to give you a visual, the plan that was drawn up or the rendering that was drawn up at the time allowed for eight additional classrooms as well as an auditorium or a gymnasium. And this is just uh, a pictorial of the upper level. There was a lower level as well. That's something as a starting point that we can uh, pull out and look at. You know, do we use it going forward? That's all up for discussion and, and a decision that we would have to make. But there, there was some foresight there to utilize that land um, to the west here. And so the Long Range Planning Committee would suggest putting together a subcommittee 
to really help us research this concept and, and drive it forward. Um, two ideas that the Long Range Planning Committee had was to go and talk to and interview some local area schools that have gone through similar expansion. Uh, Holy Cross in Geist, as well as Our Shepherd in Avon, they have a very similar uh, geographical suburban mix that they serve in their communities, crossing a variety of different communities, um, very similar to what Advent has here, um, serving Westfield, Carmel, Zionsville. They as well serve um, multiple communities within their area, and it's something that those schools were not um, birthed, if you will, from a strong Lutheran community. It's something that has grown, and they've expanded that their schools um, in, in, the, in the similar type suburban geographical area. So we would ask this subcommittee um, to help us understand some of these areas. These are just some main points that we would want to dig further into and um, have research done on. What was the involvement of the associated church? What was their plan? How were they involved in it? How did they drive it forward? What does the typical staffing look like? Um, and again, for what we're looking at initially would be that full day um, extended day option as well as a lower elementary option. Um, and by lower elementary, you know, grades one through four, but maybe that's not out of the gate. Um, the market need, what was their market need and how did they serve that market need? How did they accomplish that? And how has that changed over time? What funding strategies did they use initially to get started? Um, what are their funding strategies now to um, keep their school moving forward? And then, of course, um, lessons learned from getting started. You know, what's, what's, what's some advice that they would have for us as well as their learnings um, that they had to go through with their growing pains? And again, we would review the Genesis study. The other thing that we would um, task this subcommittee with is what can we do initially with our current facility to get something started um, to progress the school expansion forward. Um, we do have you know, some classrooms still upstairs and downstairs. Can we utilize that space and expand it initially um, without you know, a complete building expansion out of the gate? And then again, by the end of 2017, come forward and uh, present the findings and a recommendation, timelines, and a proposal. And with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to Monty. Very good. So I think with those uh, two subtasks, you can see some of the passion with the uh, committee members. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, it was very fun to facilitate that passion and uh, that resulted in some of these uh, results. So where are we going, you know, in terms of generation plans? So you saw in 2017, what we want to do is implement some of those strength and grow activities, you know, those short-term things. Then we enter that in, in, in investigative phase for land utilization and growth. Uh, school growth initiatives, and then updates. You know, I don't want to just have a one-time update. You know, hopefully there'll be some interim updates as well. You know, some findings that we have, and to inform you of where where we're going uh, in the potential of the future. So in 2018, you know, modify those short-term efforts based on our experience that we are having. So the land utilization, school growth. You know, create defined proposals uh, and associated cost timelines, funding strategies, et cetera. So getting more detail in terms of where we want to go with those, 
And then 2019 and beyond, you know what that looks like, you know, a larger base of active and engaged members realized. Uh, and then the land utilization and school projects move to potential implementation phases, depending on what we find out in 2017 and 18. And then ultimately, I think a very nice vision here, you know, that uh, Advent Lutheran Church school and retirement community is a vibrant and active group of believers involved in care, education, outreach, and missions, connecting people to the body of Christ. So I think, you know, that's, that's where we want to go. And hopefully that's where you want to go as, as well. You know, uh, we're not asking for approval in any one of these particular areas. Again, we are going into investigative phase, but hopefully you approve, you know, the vision here. You know, we're not saying we will ultimately have a school, but we will investigate it. And we're excited about that. And uh, hopefully you can share in a part of that excitement as well. So, questions and comments. Hopefully there are some. So even a closer example, someone, someone who's just starting and right. Yep, good point. And we actually discussed that. I think uh, Vicar brought that up at one of our meetings, you know, classical education. So, other thoughts? Concerns? Anyone concerned about what you heard? You start thinking about, you know, making an, an, an investment. You know, this is an investment, and yes, we are paying that off. And yes, I mean, right. 
And that's part of the reason of the land utilization, too, is to do that in concert. And then, you know, the timelines and funding and cash flow and all that would need to be worked out. So it's not going to be forgotten about. But then I don't think debt needs to be necessarily considered as a, uh, you can't do this because you're going to incur more and more debt. Any other? Yes. And we did talk about that at the, at the committee, you know, kind of talking about the bookends of life, you know. Yeah. You know, so the, the beginning and the end and having them relate with, with, with each other, you know. So uh, I think it's a very exciting concept to think about. Any additional thoughts? Again, you saw the subcommittees come together. If you have a passion and interest in participating in any of those subcommittees, you can contact me or pastor, and uh, we'd welcome your support and, uh, and, and, and going forward. So I appreciate your time and interest. And I'll, with that, I'll turn it back to Chuck. Chris. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, pastor, so this is always the awkward, do, I, do, we, do we seek a motion to adjourn the meeting and then have a benediction? So I'm going to have you give a benediction. And then we'll have a motion to adjourn. <laughs> I want to uh, reaffirm the fact that this committee has been probably uh, the most professional committee that uh, long-range planning committee that we've had. And that's not to say that the great contributions of those who've gone before us have not been well appreciated. But I think it's, it's very difficult to be able to define those small steps that lead you through decisions and analysis that enable you to get from point A to point B. Sometimes just by instinct, we can go from A to B and we can say we think that we need this or this is what, an idea that we have. But to be able to lay that out and to carefully lay it before the congregation and to do it in a responsible way 
same time to be very proactive in moving. And I think that's kind of where everybody is right now, is that we have been so blessed as a congregation, and we have been put into such a situation that it's so comfortable that it's difficult for us to uh, wind up and say, all right, on your marks, it's that go, and then you take off after something that is bigger and a bigger mountain and more challenge and more difficult. Um, I think we have such an important role to play uh, in the in the context of Lutheranism and in Christianity as a whole. Uh, Phil Spray has oftentimes talked about our congregation as being a, a kind of a a haven as a liturgical and musical congregation. And we just want to make it into a bigger haven. And we want to be able to increase our music programs. We want to increase our educational programs. We want to increase our outreach to people. And I just am very, very thankful for the work that this committee has done in, uh, in taking us down that direction. And to Monty Weimer, also especially for his ability to uh, synthesize, I can't even say it, right? synthesize all this information. So thank you to all of you for your input, and we look forward to um, a very interesting process here as we, as we move forward. So um, pastors always like to have the last word. <laughs> and so here, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord and Savior, we pray that we may, on this day of Pentecost, truly be a church that stands up and proclaims your great glory in the languages of all people. Open our eyes to see the great opportunities, not just in going to other countries, but in welcoming those who come from all over the world to our own country and to our own town. Help us to impress upon the hearts of people the value, the importance that in Jesus Christ we have a forgiveness of sins, a cleansing of our conscience, and a right to be able to enter into everlasting life. May this be the heart and the soul of all that we do and all that we are. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. So with that, I'll take a motion to adjourn. Kathy made a motion. Do you have a second? Craig Anderson, second. All in favor say aye. 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 Thank you very much. Have a good Sunday.